0: Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys are doing amazing. It is 9.30 in the morning. I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I'm looking outside and guys, it just got like creepy and ominous outside. It just all of a sudden got super, super dark and I heard some thunder. So I think there's a storm coming. But this damn weather, it's like one day we get sun and hot weather and then the next day it's cold and cloudy and rainy and then Sun and then rain, and oh my God, it's all over the place. Like, I just want it to be warm and sunny out on a consistent basis. I feel like we're experiencing all four seasons in a 24 hour period. Like, it's crazy over here. Anyhow, outside of my weather rant, I want to talk about deliciousness for a second because I don't know if you saw me share it last week, my tahini mocha cookie bars. The recipe is over on my Instagram. So come find me there at holistic wellness foodie. The recipe is delicious. It's a no bake recipe, which I love because it means it's so easy to make and very little cleanup and mess. So which is the best way to bake, right? So these are delicious, loaded with tahini, loaded with healthy fats, very low sugar. I used a little bit of maple syrup to kind of bind and hold it together. I use the Vital Proteins Collagen Creamer in mocha, which is what kind of gave it this next level flavor. It was so good. They did not last very long in our home. We ate them pretty quickly. And I highly recommend you go make them. And tahini is loaded with calcium. Tahini is basically just ground sesame seeds. And they are great. They're loaded with calcium. a great plant-based way to get in your calcium. And it's just so delicious. I had this whole jar on hand and I was like, what am I going to do with this? So I just kind of got creative and made these cookie bars. So the recipe is over on my Instagram, but you can also find it over on the website. And we've got our paleo brownies up there as well, which is made with cassava flour. So lots of great recipes and deliciousness over on the website. Be sure to check it out at holisticwellness.ca. So today we are diving into the luteal phase. And and it's a question I get asked a lot in my practice because many women are dealing with short cycles. So I get asked a lot how do I lengthen my cycle? How do I lengthen my luteal phase? And it's so important to have a cycle that is anywhere between 25 to 35 days on average. If you're below that 25-day period, then you are probably having low progesterone production. You might be having issues going on with ovulation, which can lead to miscarriage and fertility. And especially fertility, not getting pregnant in the first place, because you might not be ovulating. So there's a lot of things to cover when it comes to your cycle, of course, overall. But today we're talking specifically about lengthening your cycle. So if you do have a short cycle and your cycles last, we're talking about your entire cycle length. So from the day you menstruate to your next period, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about how many days you bleed for. We're talking about your actual cycle length. So if your cycle length is less than 24 days and you're getting your period like every three weeks or some women are getting it every two weeks, then we know we've got something going on with your luteal phase. So what exactly is the luteal phase? basically this is the third phase of a woman's menstrual cycle. I like to break the cycle up into four phases. I mean, technically we have just our follicular phase and our luteal phase, but I like to break it up into four phases. So your first phase is your follicular phase. This is day one of your bleed of your menstrual cycle. And then about 14 days later, give or take, you have ovulation. And then after ovulation, you have your luteal phase. And then after that, you have your menstruation, your period, which is technically your follicular phase. But I think for just ease, it kind of makes more sense to break it up into four phases. At least that's what makes more sense for me. Oh my God, I don't know if you can hear the thunder right now, but it's super loud and I hope it's not distracting you guys. It's funny actually, because since being in the house, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but since being in the house, there's obviously so much more noise that comes through on the mic. When I was in the condo, it wasn't as bad. like I felt more secluded, but you can hear so much more of the cars going by and all kinds of stuff. So anyways, I don't know if you heard the thunder, but it was pretty loud. All right, so... The luteal phase, this is basically the time between the day after ovulation occurs and the day before the start of your period. And it is during this time when progesterone levels will rise in your cycle. And it's also when fertilization and implantation occurs. So that's important if you obviously want to get pregnant. So once ovulation occurs, your progesterone, it rises thanks to what's called your corpus luteum. On the ovary. And this is basically a temporary endocrine gland that forms from the follicle that released the egg. So, the health of the follicle and the health of the corpus luteum, this plays a really big role in how much progesterone you actually produce. And how much progesterone you produce will determine essentially how long your luteal phase lasts. I think some people say luteal, I say luteal. Anyways, tomato, tomato, that's what I say. So this is because progesterone will hold the uterine lining in place. And then once the lining, basically it drops, this signals to your endometrium that it's time to let the lining go. And that's how you get your period. So it's the letting go. It's the shedding of this lining that is what brings on your period. And that's why you bleed. So how long should the luteal phase actually be? So I mentioned that your cycle length typically should be anywhere between 25 and 35 days. We typically hear on average a cycle is roughly 28 days. I know for me, mine is like always on the ball 28 days, maybe 27 days, but I'm super regular. So regular might mean something different to you. It might mean every 30 days. It might mean every 29 days, every 32 days that is totally fine. But the luteal phase is basically the longest phase of your cycle. And on average, it's really anywhere between 10 to 16 days long. So if it's consistently lower than 10 days, especially for like Three plus months in a row, you have what's known as a short luteal phase. And sometimes this is referred to as luteal phase defect. And it's a very common cause of fertility for women. So, because a fertilized egg can take, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 days after fertilization to actually make it to the uterus and implant into the uterine lining, it's key to really pay attention to how long this phase of yours lasts. Because if it's less than 10 days, it's not giving the egg sufficient time to actually make it to the uterus. And this is what can often happen with an early miscarriage. And then secondly, you know, the uterine lining, it needs a sufficient amount of progesterone to basically make this like nice and comfy, cozy home for the fertilized egg to be implanted. And if the lining, you know, if it's not thick enough, then the egg can't implant. And so it gets lost in early miscarriage. So what actually causes a short luteal phase? Well, there's a lot of things. Not only does a short luteal phase affect your menstrual cycle as a whole, but it's really impacting your overall health and your fertility, of course, right? And so the good thing is that this can all be fixed with lifestyle strategies, supplementation strategies, and of course, nutrition strategies. So the causes of a short luteal phase, well, basically the biggest cause is low progesterone levels. So as I said earlier, you know, progesterone production is very much determined by the health of the follicle from which the egg is released. So that progesterone is so key. It's needed for building and preserving the uterine lining during the luteal phase and maintaining a pregnancy during the first trimester. So if your progesterone does not elevate enough after you ovulate or if it happens to drop down low too soon before your period, then you may have what's known as luteal phase defect. So this is gonna affect, like I said, all areas of your health, right? Not just your cycle overall, but your fertility. And especially with progesterone, it's kind of like your natural Valium. It's so great for anxiety and depression and moods, and it really does keep you calm. It's incredibly calming to the nervous system. This is why I call progesterone the fat cat hormone and why I call estrogen the sex kitten, because estrogen is really what gives you the sexiness, this energy. And progesterone is really what especially before your cycle, like you might notice you're more on the tired side. You wanna lie down, you wanna cuddle you know, on the couch with your cat and a blanket and eat chocolate. Like that's typically what happens before you menstruate, right? And so that's why I kind of refer to it. Like progesterone is the fat cat, wants to cuddle up, eat some chocolate, get on the couch and get cozy. And then estrogen is, is basically the opposite of that, right? It's gonna help with your libido. It's gonna help with your energy levels, also with your brain health and your focus like you just feel alert, you feel alive. And this is why you experience this shift throughout your cycle where you have like more bursts of energy right after your menstruation, right after your period. And then it leads more into this like calming down and you kind of go through this like wave throughout the month. I definitely notice it occurs for me at first half of my cycle. I'm just like ready to go take on the world, like super woman. And then after I've ovulate that kind of like dies down a little bit. I am a little bit more quiet and calm and whatnot. So your progesterone, so important for your nervous system and really important for premenstrual phase, right? Like what the symptoms that will show up pre-menstruation. If you find that you are really, really moody and anxious and irritable, this could mean that you have low progesterone levels. And having healthy progesterone levels is so important because it keeps your estrogen in check we know about estrogen dominance. And if you have estrogen dominance, it's basically dominating over your progesterone. And this can lead to heavier periods. It can lead to longer periods as well as shorter periods and more PMS symptoms overall. So your progesterone is so, so important. So what is actually causing a short luteal phase? Well, there's a few things. Number one, low thyroid. And Specifically, not just what's causing a short luteal phase, but what's also causing low progesterone, because that's truly really what's going on here. So number one, you're low thyroid. If your thyroid is not producing adequate thyroid hormone, you're not going to make enough progesterone. And the reason for this is that you need a certain amount of thyroid hormone to make what's called pregnenolone. This is like the mother hormone to progesterone. And this then goes on to make your progesterone. So, your thyroid hormone makes your pregnenolone, which then makes your progesterone. So, if you don't have proper thyroid hormone, progesterone production will definitely suffer. And this is also why low thyroid, hypothyroid, is often linked to heavier and more painful periods because you don't have adequate progesterone and you don't have that calming effect on the nervous system, which will lessen any type of PMS symptoms. So other causes of low progesterone, stress, obviously, this is a really big one. If you are chronically stressed, your adrenal glands will produce too much cortisol. And you might not really think like there's a connection between your stress and your cycle or cortisol and your progesterone. Like, how does this, what does it really matter if I'm stressed at work and stressed in my job and relationship? Like, how is this really impacting my cycle? Well, it impacts it in such a huge way. Everything is interconnected. There is a connection between cortisol and progesterone. They are very, Intimately linked. So, cortisol's production comes first before any other hormone production in the body because cortisol is basically like a life and death hormone. You need it to survive. And if you are dealing with some chronic stress day after day after day, you need that cortisol to keep you going, to keep you alive. So, if you have chronic stress going on, everything else is going to shut down because cortisol becomes the star of the show. So cortisol and progesterone, they kind of compete for the same hormone production pathway in your body. And like I said, cortisol is the star of the show. So it's always going to win because the body will prioritize the cortisol over progesterone production. So stress will lead to low progesterone production and short luteal phase, and also more PMS symptoms. And then ovulation, right? What else can cause low progesterone and short luteal phase? Well, ovulation from an unhealthy follicle. So after ovulation occurs, the follicle in the ovary becomes the corpus luteum, which produces the progesterone. So essentially, like I mentioned earlier, ovulation is the catalyst for progesterone production, right? We need to ovulate in order to have healthy hormone levels. So if you're not ovulating regularly or your follicle isn't healthy, then you're going to have inadequate progesterone production. So those real three things are kind of the main causes, low thyroid, stress, ovulation from an unhealthy follicle. But there are obviously some other causes or conditions that might be linked to low progesterone. So for example, anxiety and panic attacks, right? Progesterone, like I said earlier, it acts as like your natural valium and it's what keeps your nervous system in check. So it it makes sense that low progesterone may actually cause anxiety and it might even cause some panic attacks in some women. So these are some things that are also going to be linked to low progesterone. Endometriosis as well. It is an inflammatory disease in which the tissue that is similar to the kind of tissue that grows in the uterus is now actually growing outside of the uterus. So it's not just on the inside, it's also on the outside. And studies have found that women with endometriosis tend to have lower progesterone levels overall and a short luteal phase. So definitely something to look into especially if you feel that there's issues going on with your uterine lining. If you've been having pain down there, then something to go check out and rule out endometriosis. So these are just some other issues that are linked to low progesterone. Like I said, anxiety and panic attacks, endometriosis, even PMS, right? PMS has over... I mean, there are literally like hundreds of different physical and emotional symptoms that are related to PMS and every woman experiences PMS in a different way, but it can also be linked to low progesterone. Okay, so you're probably thinking, well, how the heck do I fix this? I have a short luteal phase, I have a very short cycle. What do I do to support my progesterone levels and increase my cycle length? So number one, you guys know, obviously as a nutritionist, it's all about your diet. So vitamin C is so, so important. And this is why I always encourage variety in your diet. I have so many clients that I work with who are just eating the same foods over and over and over again. And you got to look at your food as like, it's your multivitamin. So you have to have an array of nutrients. And specifically with vitamin C, I mean, there's so many fruits and vegetables that you can eat that's going to be loaded with vitamin C. So bell peppers, papaya, oranges, strawberries, kiwi, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, like these are all loaded with vitamin C And vitamin C is the only vitamin that has been shown to increase progesterone levels. So you definitely want to load up with it by eating fruits and vegetables, getting in that variety. The typical recommended dose, like the daily average dose, is like a measly 75 milligrams, which is nothing. If you really want to make an impact with your vitamin C levels, you definitely need a higher amount. So I always do recommend supplementation, especially if you do have low progesterone. And if you're like, how do I know if I have low progesterone? Well, obviously, some of the things that I mentioned earlier will help point you to that. But you can also do the Dutch test. Right. Like we run the Dutch test in our practice. I work with women one-on-one and we run the Dutch test. And the Dutch test will give you a breakdown of what's happening with your estrogen, your progesterone, your cortisol, your DHEA, your testosterone, you know, all of it. And it will show us your hormone metabolites as well. So doing testing will really, really help you get more clarity on what's going on with your hormones. Okay, so vitamin C. I definitely recommend at least 1,000 milligrams a day, so you would get that from supplementation for sure. You do want to make sure that if you're supplementing with it, now, to be clear, this doesn't mean don't eat your fruits and vegetables. You still want to be making sure you're getting in a ton of variety and eating fruits and veggies, but on top of that, you can supplement with vitamin C. So you just want to make sure you're supplementing with a really good high-quality vitamin C, One of my favorites is the Designs for Health Liposomal C, and it's basically a liquid. And it's basically a vitamin C that's like attached to phospholipids is basically what it means. So the delivery to the cell membranes is way more superior than just popping a capsule. So I really love that one. And if you overdo it with your vitamin C, like I've definitely had colds and flus and I've like loaded up on vitamin C 3 4 5000 milligrams. It's a water soluble vitamin, so any excess will basically be excreted through your urine, but you don't need to take that much every day. But if you do feel like something's coming on, there's there's no harm in kind of boosting up your intake for a bit. So vitamin C so important, getting in those veggies really really key. And the next up your leafy green veggies. Yes, so key. Your spinach, your Swiss chard, your colored greens, your kale, mustard greens, these need to be included every single day. I'm going to say that again. These need to be included every single day. And I can promise you, as you start to increase your intake of leafy green veggies, you will quickly feel a difference with your hormones and your cycle. Like it is literally the simplest thing you can do. So not only are these leafy greens loaded with vitamin C, they're also loaded with fiber, which is essential because that fiber helps to bind to toxins and flush it out of your bowels, especially if you have estrogen dominance, you need sufficient amounts of fiber to bind to that excess estrogen and flush it out. So not only are they loaded with vitamin C, but they're also high in B vitamins, which is so important. And they're loaded with many minerals like magnesium and calcium, which helps to raise low progesterone. So get in your leafy greens. There is like no ifs, ands, or buts around this one. You gotta eat them every day and really focus on getting, I'd say like three to four cups at the very least of maybe a mix of cooked and raw and raw leafies in your diet every day. So that's pretty easy to do. Like, we eat a pretty large salad every single night with our dinner. And sometimes we also have some grilled veggies on the side as well. I might like grill up some zucchini or I might even saute some bok choy. So, we always have something green with our dinner. And then, same with lunch, I pretty much have some kind of vegetable, whether it's another salad or something that's grilled or sauteed. And then with breakfast, it kind of varies in terms of what I eat. Like I might have a smoothie, but then I can throw in some spinach. I can throw in some kale. Like that's pretty easy to get a really big serving right at breakfast. And if you're eating eggs in the morning, you can make a quick scramble or an omelet and throw in some leafy greens in there. So it's really, really easy to get veggies in at every single meal. So you got to do it if you really want to support your hormones. Okay, next up is your omega 3s. So, your halibut, your sardines, your wild caught salmon, even things like walnuts and chia seeds. You know, these are all really, really high in those omega 3 fatty acids. And these are super important for your brain health, for your heart, for your hormones, all of it. So, I personally love. The Designs for Health Omega Avail. It's a really high-potency one. I think it's the Omega Avail Hypo. That's what it's called for high-potency. And so that one's really, really great. And then I also love the smoothies. The Designs for Health. I forget what they're called, but it's basically like a Omega-3 smoothie I've definitely talked about them before because they are so good. It's the Omega Vale Smoothie. Okay, that's what it's called. I just searched it up real quick. So the mango peach one is so damn delicious. Like it's really, really, really good. So if you are unsure about taste and you know flavor and all that kind of stuff, you might wanna start with that. There is a citrus sorbet flavor and then there's the mango peach. So I just, I'm obsessed with all things mango. So that one is so delicious. But again, you know, taking it in supplement form, especially the high potency Omega avail, you'll just get a much higher dose. You might go through the smoothie one pretty quickly. But even if you have kids, like that is by far the best way to get their Omega-3s in because it really does taste delicious. So the reason I love it is not just because of the flavor, but it's the texture. So many people who go and take fish oil just don't love that oily texture. So with the Omega Veil vale smoothie, It's basically like a smoothie texture. So it's really, really good. So if you're trying to get your omega-3s in for your kids, that is by far one of the best ways to do it. So check it out. We have all the Designs for Health products over on our shop page, shop.holisticwellness.ca. And for all of you in Canada, you can order directly off of our shop page and you can use the coupon code SAVE15, S-A-V-E-1-5. So we've loaded them all up onto our shop page because number one, I use all the products and all of my clients use them they have such high quality and high potency. So they're really, really wonderful. So you can definitely go over there and check them out. And if you head on over to the shop page, even if you're in the US, there is a link at the very top that says, click here to check out our US store. You can also shop Designs for Health in the US. So They tend to be a little bit more on the pricier side because their quality is so incredible and that's what you want in a supplement. So that's why I am offering the save 15. Go over there, get your order in, save your 15%, and definitely load up on your liposomal vitamin C as well as your omega-3s and Next up, I want to talk about B vitamins because these are so important. So you're not only getting your B vitamins from your leafy green veggies, but you can supplement with a good quality B complex. They have a profound effect on hormonal health. And specifically, your B6 has been found to be the most effective on the luteal phase. So you do want to make sure you get a B complex that has the active forms of your B vitamins. So this is why the Designs for Health B Supreme is really, really great because they're all active forms, which will help with the bioavailability of the supplement. So those are wonderful. So again, say 15, you can load up on your liposomal vitamin C, your B vitamins and your omega-3s. Okay, so going back to diet for a second, we talked about leafy greens, we talked about vitamin C-rich foods, your fatty acids, your omega-3s, and next up, your dietary cholesterol. So important. So all steroid hormones, including your progesterone, are synthesized, like I said earlier, from pregnenolone, which is derived from cholesterol. So you need to make sure you have adequate consumption of dietary cholesterol in order to produce your hormones. So organic grass-fed animal protein, pastured eggs, grass-fed butter, these are all incredible sources of dietary cholesterol. So do not be afraid of eating it. Okay. So some other supplements. So I talked about vitamin C and omegas, B6 specifically, but taking it in a complex form. Selenium is a really, really great mineral. It's a potent antioxidant and it helps protect the thyroid from heavy metal exposure. But it also really helps the thyroid convert the T4 into T3. And this is so essential because it will also help to decrease antibodies that are often raised in those who have Hashimoto's, like myself. So selenium is definitely one of my number one go-tos and you have to have healthy thyroid function for healthy fertility and healthy menstruation. And it's also really important for men as well. So if there's any issues specifically with men and infertility, then selenium might be one of those supplements for them to include. And specifically for women selenium is seen in really high quantities in the follicles where it appears to be required for healthy follicle development so really get your selenium in and you can obviously take that in supplement form i think the standard dose is roughly 200 micrograms so definitely you know include that especially if you have thyroid issues and low thyroid function and high antibodies All right, next up in terms of supplementation is phosphatidylserine. Yes, you might be like, what the heck is that? How do you spell that? How do you pronounce that? So phosphatidylserine, it's a phospholipid is basically what it is. And there's now quite a bit of evidence showing that phosphatidylserine significantly dampens the effect of external stress on your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is called Otherwise, for short form, your HPA access. So phosphatidylserine is directly impacting this HPA access, which overall is determining how you handle stress right? Because your hypothalamus and your pituitary, these are glands in your brain. They speak to your adrenal glands. When there is a perceived stress, your adrenals are basically communicating with these glands and saying, hey, there's a stress going on. Send me some hormones send me some cortisol. So there's a communication that keeps going back and forth between the brain and the adrenals. It's just going all day long, especially if you've got chronic stress going on. And so taking something like phosphatidylserine will really help support this HPA access and really help you to manage more you know, stress-related issues. Now, with that said, you can't just pop a supplement and all your stress just magically disappears. You have to implement the lifestyle strategies, like reducing the stress, taking it out altogether if you can, you know, minimizing it for sure. But you also have to work on these other lifestyle strategies like self-care, like meditation, like deep breathing. This is all really important. Even going to therapy, getting a coach, like this is so important. You need that external support that only you can implement, not just something from a supplement. The only way we really support and manage stress is by how we show up in our lives. So it's really, really essential that you work on that piece as well, as well as including the supplements and the diet. So from a dosage standpoint, I would say somewhere around 400 to 800 milligrams of phosphatidylserine a day. But Definitely start with the lower dose. Start around 400 milligrams and then you can definitely work your way up. Okay, so some other key practices that might be really helpful. I always recommend women chart their cycle. This is so important sometimes it's known as the fertility awareness method. There's so many different names for it, but basically chart your cycle. We actually include an amazing chart in our Healthy Hormones for Women online program. So get that chart out and start to track every day, you know, what's going on with your cycle. You can obviously use apps as well. I mean, there's so many amazing apps, right? I use Kindara. I think there is Daisy and there's so many of them. But Either way, whatever you're using, you just want to track it because then you can start to see, okay, how long is my cycle and you know what is going on with my symptoms and what's really showing up for me. You might also want to consider buying a basal thermometer, and this can really help determine if and when you are ovulating. So really, really important. Start charting your cycle. It will give you so much information about your period and your hormonal health. Secondly, you can try acupuncture. So acupuncture is so great for hormonal imbalances and so many women report having more regulated cycles as well as increased fertility after doing weekly acupuncture sessions. So I would say that especially from a fertility standpoint, you might want to consider going for weekly acupuncture for at least a good eight to 12 weeks. It's not something you can just go to once or twice and, and that's kind of it. You do need to commit to it for a little bit you know, longer term. So definitely try that, but acupuncture can be really, really wonderful. If you are experiencing issues with infertility or miscarriage, or you have a ton of PMS issues going on and irregular cycles, definitely consider some regular acupuncture sessions. And then next up, hang out with your girlfriends, spending time with your girlfriends. And even if you're getting on the phone with them, this can really help to lower your cortisol levels, which is so important. Lowering your cortisol is key to boosting your progesterone production. So Really make it a priority to schedule in time with your girlfriends, go out for dinner, go for brunches, whatever it might be, get on the phone with them, but really have regular connection with them because it's so, so key for your hormonal health and for your cycle. So, definitely recommend the foods, the supplements, the lifestyle strategies. You've got to give this time. This isn't something that's going to magically fix itself in a matter of weeks. You really want a good, four to six cycles, go through at least four to six cycles to really see how all these strategies you're implementing, how they're really working for you. And you might notice changes sooner, 1,000%. I mean, many women who go through our six-week healthy hormones program, just within a matter of the first two weeks, like they just feel lighter. They feel so much more energized. Their first cycle has less pain. But specifically from a standpoint of lengthening your cycle and boosting up that progesterone production, you just might need to give it a little bit more time. So you may notice changes sooner, which is amazing, but women do require a good amount of time to really see the positive effects. And when your progesterone is in balance, you are going to feel like you are a rock star. You're going to have regular periods. You're not going to have any spotting or heavy periods. Your weight will even remain stable because progesterone is actually really supportive for fat loss. And you're just going to have a regular cycle, anywhere from 25 to 35 days. And you're also going to be naturally fertile. So, so many benefits from implementing these strategies. Definitely work on supporting that progesterone if you suspect that you have low progesterone and especially if you have a short luteal phase. So ladies, you can dive into the Healthy Hormones for Women online program. This is my program that is guiding you through adrenal health, thyroid health, balancing your blood sugar. It is covering all of the essentials when it comes to your hormones. And we have an amazing nutrient-dense meal plan in there that is loaded with over 60 delicious recipes. And the way we've laid out the meal plan is so that you are eating specific foods based on different phases in your cycle. So if you're in your follicular phase, then we lay out specific nutrients that are gonna support that phase and your estrogen. If you're in your luteal phase, we lay out specific meals and foods that support the progesterone production. It's a really wonderful program. We have so many women who have had incredible results, women who have gotten pregnant, women who have less period pain, more regular cycles, more energy, losing weight. There's all kinds of incredible results just from supporting your hormones and eating in the right way and supplementing in the right way. So as a podcast listener, we have an amazing special. It's always 60% off for you guys. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash healthy hormones and go check out the program. And if you have any questions about it, don't hesitate to reach out. We are always here to support you guys. And really at the end of the day, we just want you to have happy, healthy, thriving hormones and vibrant health. So thanks everybody for tuning in today. If you got questions, find me over on Instagram at holistic wellness foodie. If this was an episode that gave you any aha moments and something that you know might even benefit a girlfriend or anybody, we would love it if you can share it because we want to help more women and we want to support more women. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, please do so on any platform that you listen to us on. It really helps our show get recognized and it really helps us to support more women all over the globe. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Looking forward to connecting with you all next week.